Welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host today, Chase Beebe. We're kicking it off strong today. You know, Jack Vita had to take a back seat. Uh, you know, I don't know how many of you guys watched the game last night, but I said something in our chat about Buffalo Bills winning by double digits, and and he mentioned, you know, if that happens, you're the host for tomorrow, and and you know, I'm here. The the, the Bills are the daddy of the NFL, the the daddy of the Steelers, and and now I'm I'm your host today. So we got an exciting episode today. We're gonna be touching on the updated Goat Christmas movie bracket that Jack Vito put together. We're gonna be talking about some NFL football, uh, definitely the game we saw last night, and then we're gonna be touching on some college football subject. I'm super excited. Let me bring in my guest today, Jack Vita. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Oh, Chase, that was a good intro to this show. I thought I was going to have to cut in and say you did something wrong. But hey, first of all, congrats to your Buffalo Bills. I I will actually be hosting this show. I'm not going to put that pressure. I won't put that evil on you, Chase BB. Thank you. Uh, We podcasted a month ago, and we said when that Week 14 matchup happens, Bill Steelers, we have to do something day after. And I was thinking, we got to come up with some type of bet. So I thought of it the day of. I I put something out there in our group text yesterday, and I said, give me your bold picks for today. What what are we going to see? And we'll talk more about that later. But Chase said, Bills by double digits. And I said, if the Bills win by double digits, you are hosting the show tomorrow. (laughs) So (laughs) good job, Chase. Thank you. Listen, I, it was it was a bold prediction, but I'm super happy it, it, it happened. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. I, I love being on the show, especially when we get to talk about you know football and the Bills. Um, really anything, man. The show's electric, and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, I love the enthusiasm. Uh, glad you're bringing some electricity to the table today. Uh, before we get into everything, I I got I got some good news for you, Chase. I am out of quarantine. <clears throat> Sorry, you can you can hear the COVID right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm out of quarantine. I the virus is no longer within me. I'm now in the aftermath of the virus. I'm back to work, back in action. Uh, COVID nineteen negative. I don't know if you can hear my clap, but I'm happy, Jack. I'm happy <laughs> you're doing better, man. I'm happy you got through it. You know you're you're healthy now, uh, and you know it's only up from here, buddy. I, Getting back to the grind, right? Absolutely, yeah. So just last week, you know, Rachel Gerhardt joined me and we talked a little bit about what that is like, my talk, my COVID experience. And the big thing I would say now is what I'm experiencing is a little update. I'll, I'll keep people updated over the coming weeks if uh, hopefully this is the end of it pretty soon. But th- I had heard this is something that you can feel even when you're technically no longer have the virus, you can still have a cough, you could still have some fatigue, just general rundown tiredness. I'm feeling that, Chase. I woke up this morning, that sore throat, and I still got the cough, as you heard. <laughs> I coughed all yeah. over the mic. But, uh, you know, hey, baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not... So I guess you're not fully healthy. So we'll continue to, you know, you know, send the well wishes and prayers up for Vita to fully <laughs> no, recover. I, I'm healthy. But, I am healthy. Okay, I've okay, recovered. Okay. I, this is like but, the aftermath of the virus. The virus comes in and, and then you get like virus 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just the doctors say that after the first. So it's like 10 days after your last fever, basically at that point as a general rule, you're no longer contagious. You're no longer, the virus 
is viruses don't live, so I don't. I'm trying to think of the right. Where I would your body. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> no longer within you. I got you. I and think uh, you can't pass it on to anyone either. Yeah, I think the so what you're talking about how you kind of are facing the aftermath of it. I think you know a guy will see an action tonight by the name of Lamar Jackson. I think I don't I don't know if you can blame it on that, but he's been struggling as of late, and I know he had it, and I don't know how much that comes into effect. But I couldn't imagine you know being a, an athlete of that caliber and suffering the the aftermath. Cause I don't know. I mean, you can attest to how bad it may be, or you know how tough it may be. I couldn't imagine you know playing a full football game, you know facing with with those. Uh, with those symptoms and, and such. So I don't know if that's what it is, but I, I know I've heard some people saying that he's facing some of those, the aftermath of the virus. So we'll see. Well, I personally chase, I don't think it's all that different from your typical cough that you get okay. in your lungs. Um, at least in terms of the aftermath, this feeling, I would say it's like the apex of feeling sick. It's not higher than anything I've experienced before. It's, it's kind of like, it's more just something that lingers and kind of bothers you for a little while. Totally makes sense. Kind of just like that nagging cough, that tickle in your throat type of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, it's not that bad. I had bronchitis last year, and that bronchitis whooped me worse, I would say. Yeah, that, I, I remember that, and I can attest from out, the outside looking in that it was worse. <laughs> yeah, I was probably, um, we were yeah. podcasting around that time last year together, and I think I even had to take a few weeks off uh, because it was so bad. Yeah, understandably so. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're you know you're trailing towards you know in in the right direction here. So we're gonna start as you so eloquently stated at the start of this show. We're gonna start with the goat Christmas bracket, and we're down to the lead eight, and it's getting pretty exciting. So let me give you a rundown. I sent you the bracket chase. We have in the top left of the bracket, Elf took out Home Alone 2. Christmas Vacation beats A Christmas Carol. So now we've got Elf and Christmas Vacation for the final four. Do you have a favorite there, Chase? I do. I got I got Elf, two great movies, yeah. but uh, I think Elf's going to take that one. Yeah, I think so too. Elf is my pick to win the whole thing. A very solid pig, nonetheless. I think it's just uh, it, it can hit multiple generate like kids of all age. No, I shouldn't say kids of all ages, but like growing up, you know, the older when it came out, the older generation watched it. We watched it as younger generation, and now it's kind of the same thing. Like it's just a movie yeah. that age as well. I went to see it in the theater. I remember seeing it in the theater. Did. Yeah, I, I did not. I saw it when it came out on DVD, but or DVD, yeah, DVD. Um, <laughs> only have to think about that. Um, that that's awesome. No, I'm sure it was quite the experience. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that one was really briefly. We'll we'll go deeper on this later uh, at another time. I'm sure we'll do an Elf podcast eventually, uh, maybe before Christmas this year. We'll see. Stay tuned, folks. But that was, I mean, Will Ferrell's first real big movie as the main guy because he had old school later which was earlier in that year but he was with Vince Vaughn with Luke Wilson and then Elf he he, you know he, he was the show and it was really I think his coming of age breakout movie yeah so I didn't wow I didn't even know that that was his first like you know his show like it was you know 
his, well, I mean, his he, reveal, he was in but... Zoolander, he was in Night at the Roxbury, but I but think... it wasn't like his. Yeah, this yeah. this one was like the and this is a movie like you said it deserves its own podcast. It's that good <laughs> and it's that. Ah, man, such a good movie. Uh, you can watch and like you don't even have to watch it during Christmas time. No. To be honest with you, it's hilarious. <laughs> no matter what you watch, watch it, and uh, you know I think uh, he did a phenomenal job. But so I'm happy yeah. to see Elf continue, and I think they will kind of move on with with ease. So then we have in the bottom left, it's a wonderful life taking out the Santa Claus two. This one was actually really close, fifty three forty nine. Really close. And that's tough for me because I was one of the ones who voted Santa Claus 2. I'm a big Tim Allen guy myself. Yeah, he's great. And I thought the movie, I thought it was an awesome movie. And no, I mean, I'm not taking away from It's a Wonderful Life, but I kind of, in my pick, I'm just saying my pick was Santa Claus 2. I thought it was an all around good movie. uh, And it had the the, the goods to move on, but I'm not upset necessarily, but was, was hoping to see Santa Claus 2 pull the upset. I, I have to be honest. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Is that sad? I don't think. I really don't think it's as sad as a lot of people might like come down on you for. Uh, <laughs> it's an older it's movie. It's one of those. It's one of those like absolute classics. So yeah. it is hard to go against it. Like growing up, I'm sure a lot of families watched it on Christmas Eve or. You know, it was part of that Christmas marathon of movies. If you your family's into that, um, <laughs> and it's good. It's. Santa Claus 2 just hit different for me. So, but <laughs> I, I can understand, you know what I mean? But yeah, I would recommend Vita. You eventually should probably watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should. I should. It's, Rachel and I were talking about this last week how it's so easy to have these movies that you just never watch because you don't watch Christmas movies any other time of year. I have no interest in watching Christmas movies at any other point in the year. And. You know, it, it's a short season, and when you watch Christmas stuff, a lot of times you're revisiting Christmas traditions, and or you're watching sports, or you're you know <laughs> watching TV Christmas specials of TV shows. So I think it can be kind of easy to pass over movies. Not to say that it's an excuse, though. I totally agree, and there's just so many movies. You know what I mean? Like I like the only ones on the list. I think I would watch outside of Christmas time. And it's not like I'm definitely doing it. It would be Elf and like Home Alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, so same. I think, uh, but then again, I haven't <laughs> watched them. At, I mean, maybe <laughs> I've seen Elf at a Christmas time, like out of season once. But like you said, they just, they come around during Christmas season. They're, they're, that's when they spark life back into them. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think it's bad because there's a lot on here I haven't seen. Uh, and a lot of them have been eliminated already. Yeah. But, uh, well, we'll get, okay, we'll get just, to some of the other yeah, ones. I yeah, just yeah. got to say, Santa Claus 2 has probably my favorite scene in a Christmas movie, and that's that holiday Christmas party where Tim Allen shows up and livens up the party and gives every single... So for those who don't remember, there's this scene in the movie where he goes on a date with the principal of the school, and it's a holiday Christmas party, and it's so dead, it's so boring... And Tim Allen shows up and uses a little bit of his Santa magic to give every single employee at the party the gift that was like their favorite gift or the gift they always wanted as a kid. And that's just an extremely fun scene. Seeing all these old vintage toys. Oh, it's so good. 
Yeah, and it's such like it, the 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 surprise of these, you know, the faculty to see everything. It's it, it was an awesome, awesome scene. <laughs> so Chase, I, what would your you toy be? Oh, a toy that I've always. So is this something I never like actually received that I've always wanted, or, or no, something you got? I would say, and I, I wouldn't even say it'd be a toy. I would honestly say I've never. I, I you know I have a lot of. And again, I'm talking sports, but I have a lot of Buffalo Bills gear. I've never had a Buffalo Bills jersey to, that I can remember. Um, and I'm just, you know, my family's never been been big into like jerseys, the actual jerseys, and they're expensive, you know, growing up. Yeah, it's like for an authentic jersey, it's eighty to a hundred and some dollars. So I think maybe like an authentic Buffalo Bills jersey would have been would have been one of mine probably. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is we got one of those legacy box things recently where you find all these old videos, your home videos from a long time ago. And there's a video of me running laps around the house after I received Madden 2005 on the GameCube. Oh my gosh. I would, ah, Vita, you got to share, you got to share that with the podcast viewers, man. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to see that, or at least me, at least your friends, man. I've got to see that. (laughs) Well, maybe what we can do is like, we can, uh, we meet up next time we meet up in person. We could like Twitch stream us playing Madden 05 and people can watch us. What a time that would be. And I, I'm all <laughs> I, I'm all up on the streaming aspect, so I can help us out with that and get you set up. <laughs> be fun. All right. Yeah, so we got we'll move through the rest of these rather quickly. Yeah. Uh, Deck the Halls. It was a good Cinderella story. Won that first round matchup against White Christmas. But Charlie Brown Christmas takes out Deck the Halls. As it should, Charlie Brown Christmas. One of those that I know. My I watch a lot come Christmas time. Yeah, just because same. when it was on like networks a lot, so it was on. You watched it. Um, but just an absolute classic. Can't go against Charlie Brown. A plus. Happy to see that there. Oh yeah, great one. Then we had an a big time upset. Polar Express taking out a Christmas story. Rachel said last week she thought a Christmas story was going all the way. Apparently not. The voters have spoken. I think, Chase, this is just a product of a younger audience voting on this thing through Instagram. I can totally understand that. I voted for Polar Express. Man. I think I'm that's not fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some people are be like, oh, Chris's story. But <laughs> again, like I think it came out in the early 80s. Um, it's an awesome movie. Don't get me wrong. But Polar Express kind of it just has that emotional Man, it, it really Magical got to feel. me. Yeah, it's like it's so nice and and uh, man, I it, it was one of those movies that just like it, it felt great watching it. You know what I mean? And, and as a kid, and even when I watch it now, it's one of those ones that just brings that Christmas spirit, that the holiday joy to life. And yeah, it it, it really hits me. I I love Polar Express. Like I'm a huge Polar Express <laughs> guy, so I was happy to see that when you I didn't see it till just now. So when I saw it, I was like, ooh. Polar Express, baby. Let's well, go five seed. <laughs> what you're describing with Polar Express and the Santa Claus and Elf, all those movies really inspire a lot of creativity and create these imaginative worlds of the North Pole. And I think that really connects connected with us as children. And, um, hey, maybe that's what's propelling them to move forward in the tournament. The Santa Claus takes out Die Hard. I think there were a lot of people that were anti-Die Hard, but uh, this was also just a really tough matchup. Santa Claus won big for the second straight week, and Santa Claus was my 
it's my absolute favorite Christmas movie, I must say. Yeah, again, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Tim Allen, so <laughs> I'm, I was happy to see see that move on. I like Die Hard. I'm not crazy about Die Hard, to be honest with you. Uh, it's one of those ones that I, I'm not crazy about it, but so I'm happy with it. Yeah, happy <laughs> with that. Move on. And we have Home Alone taking out Miracle on 34th Street. Chase, did I ever tell you that Home Alone was shot about 10 minutes from my house? You did not. I've never known. The, really? Like yeah. that, the house, the home? Yeah, it's a real house. It's still standing today? Still standing today. It's actually it like... funny. Someone oh, bought it recently, like five years ago. And the whoever owns the house now hates people taking pictures outside of it and stuff people do it anyway i mean you buy the <laughs> home think, alone house yeah. you gotta you gotta deal with that i, I figured if you buy that house you, you're kind of like gotta buy into it at that point like man yeah. come christmas time throw some like throw the shadows in the windows and <laughs> throw some cool thing like man i'd have such a fun time yeah that's that's unfortunate but uh that's so cool i, I didn't know that fun fact about vita Yes, so that's, that's, that's in Winneka, Illinois, uh, the town right next to mine in Wilmette, and the church that that takes place at in the movie, they actually did some little editing camera tricks, made it look like that church was just right down the block from that house. That church is actually here in Wilmette, and that's like about two minutes from my house. Uh, gotcha, cool, wow, interesting, that's awesome. So I I do love Home Alone. It's a great movie. Happy to see it moving on. Yeah, I I have Home Alone. This what I hope is well. I don't know. It's, I'm not going to predict <laughs> anything next. But yeah, I'm happy to see where Home Alone is right now. It's an awesome movie. And then our final matchup: The Grinch, 1966 animated edition, taking out Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer in a 2-3 matchup. So that will be setting up a Home Alone versus the Grinch matchup in the Elite Eight. And what a matchup that is. First of all, it was a good matchup previously. Um, oh, Grinch yeah. versus Rudolph, two classics. Um, obviously, I do think Grinch is, is the better of the two, so happy to see Grinch move on. Grinch versus Home Alone, this is going to be interesting. I do have Home Alone taking it again, just thinking about age of... I don't know. I mean, Home Alone's a decently old movie, too. But uh, Home Alone is one of the ones that I think more people are still watching, you know, at this yeah. stage. So. Well, it also hurts for the younger audience, the fact that there are now three different Grinch movies. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And some of them probably prefer, much rather watch the newer ones compared to this 66, you know. I'd say it's pretty good animation for its time, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people would rather watch the, the newer ones. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that. I'd just say that maybe it waters down the reputation of the Grinch. If it's like, you know, we had two Grinch movies in this bracket. So if maybe someone doesn't like one of the adaptations, then it, it makes them maybe not as high on this one. I don't know. But I think I do think Home Alone's going to win this one. My prediction was that Elf would beat Home Alone in the championship all right, I guess the the last one is Polar Express and the Santa Claus. Who you have in that one, Chase? Uh, I like when I saw your bracket, Vita. So you, I had uh, I had Elf and Polar Express in the finals. So uh, I got Polar Express coming over on top, pulling another upset, and and riding an upset to the championship. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
We will see. So if you want to vote for the greatest Christmas movie of all time, make sure you are following me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita Show, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. We'll be having polls running all week long. You're not going to want to miss out on that. Again, the only time that I will ever tell people to vote is when it involves one of my brackets. So make sure you get involved and you uh, have some fun with that. Absolutely. I highly encourage everyone to go do that. And it helps out the podcast too. Just getting the, the more, more people to, to vote sparks yeah. up, you know, great debate over these next few weeks <laughs> with, with Vita's. Or I should say it should be over in a week, right? Yeah, At about least. a week and a half or so. Gotcha. But, yeah, sometime um, next week. I forgot, Vita. When I did this intro, I, I missed sponsors, so I oh, want to yes. let you know. Yes, yeah. we'll bring those in in a okay, second. Okay. But I was okay. going to say, uh, yeah, and lastly, hey, if you if you enjoy the bracket, share it with your friends. Get your friends involved. I'm sure yeah, they'll like I, it, I too. I recommend that because, it's, yeah, that's what, it's, it's, you spread the, like, brackets are so fun. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't <laughs> love filling out a bracket and making predictions and, and voting to to just move you on your face like for me polar express is awesome i've wanted them to go and they're going so uh yeah i'd highly encourage everyone to share it and start voting absolutely so chase you mentioned our sponsors i know you are a cbs all access subscriber what have you been enjoying on there lately so i've been knocking out the survivor series i mean <laughs> as much as i can you know where yeah is, yeah is, yeah piling up but you've been uh, busy but when you have some time you've been enjoying yeah, boston time, rob i can't yeah boston rob's an absolute man um a huge addition with uh with drake and josh yes I mean, that gotta love drake and josh right who doesn't love some drake and josh oh man yeah the selection is awesome on cbs all cb on all access and i mean i was super happy i got in when i did because i feel like they're adding a ton of new stuff and you know i'm happy to uh be part of it yeah, it's great. I used it very much. While I was quarantining, I caught up on The Amazing Race, which is another show I think you'd like, Chase, where people race around the world. It's a, it's a good show. I watched The Challenge. I started watching a season of The Real World. I watched a season of Survivor. I watched some Drake and Josh, Zoe 101, Rocket Power, SpongeBob. Lots of great stuff, and I think all of you guys will enjoy it. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS and get your free one-week trial. Yeah, you mentioned uh, The Amazing Race, and I have seen episodes way back when, so I'm going to have to dive back into it too because that's a show I really, really did enjoy as a kid. Oh. I don't remember much of it, but I enjoyed watching it. Like, I... I remember I really enjoyed sitting down and watching it. I think my grandmother was a huge fan, so I'm going to have to get back into it. I would love to be a participant, by the way. Ooh, we should do Especially it together. Like a, oh, man, I'd be down. I'd be so down. <laughs> We'd do pretty well. Well, this past season, D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage competed on it together. Is that season on CBS All Access yes. or no? It yes. is. Oh, I'm going to skip right to this season. What was it? What was the theme of the season? Uh, there wasn't a big theme, but it was pretty no. much the last season they were able to okay. get done before COVID hit, and COVID's going to complicate that for a little while, but we're yeah, awesome. heading in the right direction, thankfully. I'm going to go, and, and when I do watch it, I'm going to watch that season, this new season <laughs> first. <laughs> Sweet. All right, and then we're also brought to you by Fanatics. I picked up some really great 
college gear. They have over 500 different college affiliates on Fanatics, uh, including our alma mater, Chase, Valparaiso University. I got my, I got someone in my family a t-shirt. I won't say of what school it was, but uh, it's great for getting gifts. Go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. Yeah, I'm actually wearing a hat that was gifted to me, but purchased from Fanatics um, <laughs> sometime last year. It's, of course, a Buffalo Bills hat. <laughs> had to uh, show up, um, but it's something I wear every Sunday. So I'm super excited uh, you know, to have that as one of your sponsors because what an awesome – I mean, their, their stuff is and, – and talk about the selection they have oh, of yeah. gear. It's awesome from, from apparel to memorabilia, like memorabilia stuff. It's, it really is awesome. Yes, it's great. And Stem was telling me when he was on here a few weeks ago about all the college gear. I didn't even know they had Valpo stuff. And they also have stuff at the Division Three level, too. Wow. Talk about going above and beyond. Absolutely love it. <laughs> um, no, that that's really cool, though. I, I enjoy that. All right, Chase. We got to get into... Today, we're going to do NFL first. We typically always do college football before NFL on these weekend recaps. But... Honestly, I got to be honest, it was a little bit of a lame duck Saturday for college football. Yeah, it was. Um, I think we had the whole Florida, in, I mean, we'll talk about it later, yeah, but yeah. that whole shoot, like there was a few. There were just a lot of games that got wiped out from COVID, Chase, and yeah. so there were only like 12, 12 ranked teams playing this past weekend, and so uh, I think it'd be better, we'll lead off with NFL and especially with this whole uh, Steelers-Bills thing going on. We'll start with that, uh, and we'll come back to college later, and we'll preview some of the championship games going into the weekend. Should be a lot of fun. Chase, the Bills pick up the win last night, and honestly, there weren't too many great, <laughs> there weren't too many great NFL games this week either, but this is a big win for your boys. No, absolutely massive win. Um, and I, and it was a statement when I, I know, and I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, the Steelers are banged up. And listen, if I'm a Steelers fan during this game, I'm like, ah, like it's unfortunate. I'd really love to see <laughs> us full strength against that team. Um, but listen, like the Bills showed up. I mean, and the Steelers, the, the thing is, the Steelers are a team that's never going to give up because of injuries. And I understand that. So they're still like these Steelers, you know, they're going to fight, you know, one of Amazing coaching staff, uh, and I thought they did fight, but uh, I'm super proud because I think we just showed how good we are. Uh, we fought through adversity, and we struggled in the first half. Uh, that pick six really swung momentum, and we just, man, I tell you what, Josh Allen, he looked good for me, and offense line came together. Defense finally, past few weeks, they've been looking at the defense that we've had the past two years, the great yep. defense, causing great you know, turnovers when, when it matters, and Oh man, I can't, I was so excited watching that game be done. You know, because I was texting the group chat. Uh, I was man, I was uh, what a smile I had on my face the entire what last uh, thirty six minutes. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, yeah. It was a great second half there for the Bills, and it was a good game. It really, second half not great for the Steelers, but first half was tremendous football. And I know it's not for everybody to have some field position grinded out games. But that's the NFL that I fell in love with, those old Ravens-Steelers games. And I expected to get a little bit of that in this matchup, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, cold weather, some a little wintry mix coming down yeah. early on. So I totally expected it. Um, 
I, I knew that the under was going to get slammed. I think it was like 46, but I was like, no way. We, either team does – or either way, they put up 46 combined. But nonetheless, I just like I, – like you said, it, it's a defensive battle. And coming from – like when I grew up, I loved great defenses. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and I'd, I'd hear my, my grandfather talk about great defenses of the past. And my dad raved about defense. You know, my dad loves – you know, the, the big plays, the big hits, the big stops. So that's kind of something I was raised on too, was just like great defense and defense wins championships. Right. So I was super happy to see just, I mean, a little bit nervous, you know, when we were on offense, but I knew, <laughs> I knew, listen, the Steelers still in my mind have the best defense in the NFL. Yep. Uh, and when they're at full strength, it's, it's scary. I mean, it was scary last night. <laughs> like they, that defensive front scares me, but at full strength, it's like unbelievably scary. But yeah, two great defenses that, and defense is going to play a huge role come you know come playoff time, and a more of a role I think than some people are are you know putting on. Because uh, listen, the Chiefs, or we could talk about, but the Chiefs are a great offense, but they're an offense that a great defense can you know can cause mistakes, and yeah, and that's what's going to take to to take down that team is a great defense. Because I, I tell you what, if you don't have a good defense, you're not taking down the Chiefs. Yeah, Chase. So takeaways from this game. On the Steelers side of things, I think uh, a couple things. They really, really need to clean it up. These receivers have done a very poor job over the last three weeks. I think that this receiving core, I don't want to say they're in over their head, but they've just looked the part of a young, inexperienced group. Eric Ebron has really struggled. He came over as a free agent after a career year or two with Indianapolis. And at this point, if he's not going to catch the football, he's not a run blocker. Get Vance McDonald in there. That's one of my one of my takeaways from that game. Need more from those receivers. I don't really know if it's going to show up. They got a few weeks here to clean it up. And then obviously they need a running attack. And I actually, you know, James Conner, he's a great story. He's a hometown kid. I love him on a personal level, but he did fumble last night, and that's been a problem for him. Benny Snell has been all right. Personally, I'd like to see Jalen Samuels get involved a little more. I mean, he's a very athletic. He's a big guy. You can use him in the slot as a receiver. He may actually hang on to the ball better than uh, Connor and the receivers, for that matter. And he's also uh, he's uh, thrown some passes as well on some trick plays. I like Jalen Samuels a lot. We haven't really seen a whole lot of him this year. I would, uh, I mean, go back uh, two years ago, Chase, when they beat the Patriots, they had a huge ground attack where he ran for 120, 130 yards. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. Two years you know, ago. Connor, it was two years ago when Connor was out. He, I had him in fantasy. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Me too. <laughs> I was loving it. So don't get me wrong. I love Jalen Samuels as well. I think he's a very good running back. Like, he's strong. Uh, I do think their offensive line was more put together then. But yes. doesn't nonetheless, like, he he's good. And I, I would – and, again, I love James Conner as well. His stories, you know, are remarkable. But I think Jalen Samuels should be getting more touches than he is. Like almost like fifty fifty to be honest, and yeah, then at that point it's like whoever has the high hand, like maybe seventy five twenty five, you know, kind of like what the Bills are doing. But um, yeah, so a lot of dropped passes, and it hurt me to watch those for for you and for the Steelers fan. Obviously, <laughs> I was like jumping out of my seat every time you know the ball touched the ground. But it it is, it, and I I'm glad you didn't say like lack of talent because I think we both can acknowledge that the Steelers have a lot of talent at the receiving core. 
but they're, it's young talent. It's you know underdeveloped talent. It might be still getting the dipping their foot in talent. You know, yeah. un, under certain like catching the ball here and you know coming into the linebackers, coming in the middle of the field. So it it was crazy. Like it's crazy at this point. Like I know you've touched about. You were talking about drop passes weeks ago, and I kind of like shrugged my shoulders. Like it happens, but. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's been happening to that Steelers receiving core. And it, I, you got to feel bad for Ben, too, because that is rough. And in regards to Ebron, I've never been a huge Eric Ebron fan. I think you get McDonald in there, you've got to establish a run. I mean, they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, you've got to establish the run yeah. game and then work in the play action. You know, keep those quick passes in there as well. I think they'll be fine. Um, it's hard to tell just because the defense is so banged up. But I think they'll be fine. They're still an awesome team. Yeah. But I do think if they want to make a long run, they've got to get that run game going. Yeah, I'm with you, Chase. I just think, hey, for all this stuff we're talking about, offensive struggles, that's why I've been so impressed with Ben Roethlisberger. And I think part of it is if you're not watching Ben Roethlisberger every single week and the fact that he's had to – go from he's a guy who used to roll around in the pocket he wasn't afraid to lower his shoulder into d lineman i mean he's a big dude but at this point in his career one bad hit hey we saw what happened last year that could be it for him age 38 and so he's been getting the ball off so quickly it's been really fun to watch this style for him to make that adjustment and, uh, I mean, last night, that's, it was a streak of uh, around 275 straight snaps without being sacked. He had been so unbelievable. So that's where you can, you can get a taste of where I've been with the Ben Roethlisberger MVP uh, argument that I've made. But I will say now, after those last two games, I think that I have to uh, concede on Ben being number one in the MVP race. I would go Mahomes and Rodgers above him but I think he he'd be third for me Chase and I think the very least I'd be happy just for him to finish top five which he's never done in his whole career really that's remarkable to me that he's never that's hard to believe yeah I think that's the thing I think he's been a little underrated honestly yeah I mean I know you're big on him this year I think uh it's hard for me because I think he's having a great year. Don't get me wrong. Like, really, really good year, and he's getting up their age. You saw it last night. He was uh, – there was a play where he was pressure. I mean, there was four Bills. Like, his his only old linemen were against him. He's, you know, throwing shoulders, trying to get stiff arms, and he got rid of it. And I was like, that's fun to watch. And and they <laughs> yeah. compare Josh Allen, you know, a lot to Ben, and I do yeah. see it a lot. So, obviously, I enjoyed watching Ben growing up. And now seeing my own little variation of, of Ben running the Bills offense is it's really fun because uh, <laughs> he is. He's that young, electric, big guy with a big arm. And But no, I, I do. I love Ben. Um, he's been struggling as of late, I would say. Uh, it is fun, though, to watch him getting rid of that ball quick. I mean, he's still got it. He really does. Uh, he let a few go deep yesterday. Um, and I'm... I don't think they were the most accurate passes yesterday, but he's been like he has had a great season. I'm not like listen, he's eleven and his team's eleven and two. They've been banged up as of late. They don't have a running game. These receivers he struggled with dropped passes. You, you gotta tip your hat to him. So uh I, he's not third in my race, my MVP race, because there's a guy on the other sideline wearing number <laughs> one seven that I would put above him. But uh you and know, he he's I think he I deserves four top five. Okay, I appreciate that at least. I do appreciate that. Yeah, and that. then after that I don't really care. I I think that those are the top four, I think, in this at this point in time. You might have Russell Wilson in there. 
I think he can be in discussion. Uh, he had a heck of a start, and he's really teetering off the past yeah. few games. I mean, and this I think- is isn't this the par for the course with him though? Like, I mean, he's a really good quarterback, and he plays at an extremely high level. Seems early in the season, and then goes through some type of a funk, but typically comes out of that funk before the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's that's typically what you see. Um, but he he struggled against you know really good defenses. He struggled. Yeah. He lit up the. I think they played the Jets last week. Yeah, he lit them up. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, what did you expect? So, yeah. but no, I, listen, don't don't get me wrong. He's a great quarterback. Uh, quarterback, but I just think his performance against really good teams um, as of late definitely knock knocks him down in that the MVP race. Yeah. So top is that your top? Who's your top four? Uh, top four is going to be Mahomes. Listen, I'm very biased, so I'm going to put Josh Allen at two, <laughs> just because, like, this is a team that, you know, they've came, like, over the past few years, they were not good, period. This is his third year. He struggled with the injury his first year. Last year, he got better. You know, his completion percentage went up 10%, and he had, and they took him to the playoffs, had a good game in the playoffs, just, they just struggled defensively in the second half. And then this year, like, he's just coming out. He's second year fully healthy and lighting it up, like, absolutely lighting it up. Team's ten and three. He's looked phenomenal. So I got him too. And I don't know. Him and Rogers can be too. They can share it. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Wilson. And then I guess I'll put Big Ben in, in five because oh, he deserves it. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, so five. sorry, I've got to put Wilson ahead. <laughs> sorry, sorry, All sorry. Right. Well, I would just say I just think in terms of valuable, in terms of where the Steelers were a season ago to now, day I, and I night. I do understand that. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chase. We got to keep moving along. Um, coming out of this game, I think this is a good transition point in terms of just discussing, and we can make reference to some of these other games as we do this. Right now, where it stands with three weeks left, who's looking like they're at the top of the league and who is not? So what I mean by that, I think right now the Bills, as you mentioned, they cemented their place as an elite team in the AFC. And Here's the thing. I think you got Steelers, Bills, Chiefs as your top three, and maybe the Titans in there. I would take all four of those teams before I pick an NFC team. And I'm so glad you said that. You said that because I I would too. And, and I, me, I know me and Connor Ennis and, and different chats have been talking about that all season. Like, listen, the AFC is tough this year. They are stacked. They have good defenses. They have phenomenal offenses. And you see these NFC teams, and listen, they have awesome offenses, but they struggle on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. And you've seen it when AFC teams have matched up against them. Like the Bills lit up the Seahawks, and given their you know, they weren't the best, but then we lit up the Rams and we lit up the 49er. Like, and, and you've seen it over and over again. Um, I, I would too. I would say that in my opinion, just because I think the Steelers are so banged up right now on the defensive side of the ball and their offensive woes as of late, I'm going to put them at the fourth spot for okay. me in the NFC. And, and that's not a knock. Listen, I love this. I, I do. <laughs> I like the Steelers. I think, but for all these injuries, they were the best team, like because their defense was that good. And I, and listen, I could just be underplaying how good the Bills are, um, because I could just say like what I want to say is like the Bills are serious like top tier Super Bowl contender, but you know to me I don't want to go ahead and I mean I do think they are, but I'm not gonna I don't know, I would say Chiefs, <laughs> Bills, Titans, Steelers, very close mix, um, 
and, it, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But Browns are in there. Colts have been playing so well as late. I'd, I'd hate to play the, the Colts team that are so hot. But, you know, the only teams that scare me again in the playoffs are really the Chiefs, Steelers, and, and Titans. Yeah, I, I think so. It's it's those four, and I really think those are those three outside of the Chiefs, those are really the only teams I see beating the Chiefs potentially because of the defenses that those teams have. Yeah, and I said it in the chat earlier. Um, I said, listen, like the only teams that I think could take them down are are the three that you just mentioned. Steelers, I would love to see that game because they really, yeah, they could have a series. As long as they're off, like as long as they're receivers Keep in mind, together. Chase, the Steelers have played, they played three games over 11 days too. Oh, I, I listen, I, the situation the Steelers have been has been awful like awful yeah. awful um yeah it would be fun to see so like i think the bills match up really well against the chiefs and the Steelers yeah. as well the titans i know our friend connor Annis will disagree i think the titans <laughs> don't match up as well against the chiefs yeah their um, defense isn't there that's what i'm saying the chiefs will yeah. like patrick mahomes will it'll just have to be a high scoring game and and i don't think i don't know it's hard to say though tennessee looked good coming from behind against the browns they didn't get it done though so just because coming from behind i don't think they're as good as the other you know as the bills and stuff like once they get behind it's tough uh, i think the bills listen i'd love to see i want i just i would love to play the chiefs <laughs> i'd love to play the titans just cuz i want to see those the, those matchups again but the number one i want to see vita i want to see the titans in the playoffs yes they scare me but I want that revenge. You know what I mean? I think it <laughs> yeah. was such a fluke game. Like, it got moved to a Tuesday afternoon. I was mad because I couldn't watch it because I was at work still on the West Coast. Like, uh, it just – and it was such an ugly game. Like, I, I think we're better than that. I want to, I want to take it to them, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then in the NFC, I got, you know, the, the two Packers, Saints. Rams have been hot. I think they could make some noise, but it's going to be those three for me that, you know, that do anything, yeah. I think. Chase, I don't – I – you think about these teams in the NFC and it's just like the saints, they find a new way to rip their fans hearts out of their chest every single year. They're choke <laughs> artists. They've done it now three years straight. And I'm for all that. I, I understand what happened that NFC title game, but I go back to that. And if they, if they had not, let's say they call a pass interference properly it doesn't automatically equate in a New Orleans Saints victory. It wasn't like one first down wins the game. And the way that the Saints responded, they allowed the Rams to drive down the field. They got the ball in overtime, and I think Drew Brees threw an interception, and then uh, they ended up losing that game in overtime. They got the ball first. Then the next year, that offseason, everything you hear about is, oh, we got screwed, fans are boycotting the Super Bowl, and then, so my thing is when you get screwed like that, I want to see a team s- stick a middle finger back at the league and say, now we're going to win the whole thing. You may, you, may have, you may have wronged us. That may have been bad. Instead, the next year, they're complaining about another pass interference call. And in that Vikings game, they let Kirk Cousins go into their house and win that game, drive down the field. And so now this year... It's like the same stuff of when they get off to a cold start and they're talking about, oh, well, we don't have our home crowd. And it's like, okay, let other people make that because they're that excuse for you or let them defend you with that because 
there's truth to that. They do have a great home crowd, and they need they love having those fans. That's a big factor for them. But don't be the one to say that. Let someone else write a column. There's so much sports talk. Someone will make that argument for you. And I don't love that. I also didn't love the way that some of the uh, Drew Brees' teammates were kind of throwing him out uh, under the bus on social media over some of his comments that occurred over the offseason. thought that was internal stuff to... Honestly, I didn't think it was a very big deal, but the fact that Michael Thomas and some of his teammates were going at him on social media, I just don't love the the inner workings of that team, to tell the truth, Chase. I don't think they have the makeup of a champion. I could see that. Like, I definitely can see that. I, I like Sean Payton a lot, a lot, a lot, but I do know that they've been they've had their struggles in the organization. Um and they have the talent. Like, the talent is there. And on the defensive side of the ball, like, they have the talent. But I, I get what you mean. Like, they just they can't finish the job. And, and I agree with the whole excuses things because there's a lot of teams that could make that excuse. You know what I mean? Like, we're, like we don't have fans. Like, yeah. But they're not. Like, I haven't heard it from many other, like, true fans. You know what I mean? Like, Bills hasn't had fans this year. Uh, the, you know, the Bills could be 7-0 in the past seven games if it wasn't for one Hail Mary. Hail Murray. Right. Like yeah. thing, and I, I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna. The announcers are gonna say that, but I'm not like. Listen, I'll take it. The team that has t- the team. It was most important. The team has taken it, and they're like, okay, we lost that game. We move on, and we just we're gonna win from here on out. Like I don't know. I, uh, I, I do. I understand a lot, and I hear a lot what you've been saying. I do think they're an extremely talented and well coached team. So that's where it kind of, yeah. That's where they get the the plus one for me, and I think their defensive of all these, well, except for the Rams, uh, NFC teams is the best, and I do think their offense with the healthy and you know Drew Brees is very strong. But uh, no, it's it's tough. My I, my pick was the Rams coming out of the NFC, so we'll see if it if it stays true. Well, nevertheless, Chase, I was just going to say you could run through these teams. You could pick apart every single one of them for something of that nature. You could say the Packers uh, don't love defense. Don't love yeah, their defense. Definitely don't love their defense. You could say Seattle, well, they they skate by and they don't really convincingly beat teams other than when they're playing the Jets. And so uh, you just look. There's no one that I love out of the NFC and so I think that there's potential for a team to just kind of get in and get hot at the right time and be the team that rolls through these playoffs. Fingers crossed it's the Washington football team. That's just <laughs> from my end. I'm a huge fan of the whole Alex Smith story. Yeah. And, and Chase Young is an absolute animal, and it would just be cool. You know what I mean? I like Scary Terry on the outside <laughs> and some of those guys, Antonio Gibson, the rookie back. They're a fun team to watch. I would like, to, I would love to watch them in the playoffs. And I think they right now they're a top of the NFC East. Um, yeah. So listen, I, I agree with what you're saying. I would love to see it happen. Uh, I do think the Rams come out on top of the NFC. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, so I, I like so them I the best it. out of those teams. Too. But, uh, Cause like you said, I think they're the most overall well-rounded team. Yeah. They do have that defense of the, you know, that some of these AFC teams have, they, their offense, they're they're so well coached. Sean McVay coaches them so well on the offensive side of the ball. That's what I'm gonna say. That it works. You know what I mean? Like I I don't think they're extremely talented on the offensive side of the ball. I just think that they are coached so well on offense that it works. Yeah. Uh, they're very up tempo. So no, I think I think they come out on top. But I'm so excited, man. The playoffs <laughs> are amongst us almost, and I'm just like itching. Hey, by the way, Bills could clinch uh, tonight. Ooh. Bills could clinch tonight. And if the Ravens win. 
Do the Steelers win the AFC North? If the Ravens win, do the Steelers win the AFC North? I think that's a yes. So eleven yeah. two. So, yes, they do. Yes. So look at look at this game for us tonight. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Baltimore Ravens. It, it doesn't oh happen gosh. very often. <laughs> Imagine a Steelers fan saying that, but no, I'm rooting for the Browns tonight, man. Get Browns that win, and then that'll at least lock us up uh, at least a wild card spot. And hopefully next week we can lock up that uh, the AFC East <laughs> championship, which we haven't won in in many many years <laughs> <laughs> so we'll run through some of these scores you mentioned yeah, the washington football team 23 15 over the san francisco 49ers and that was the first time that the washington the a football team in washington had won a road game without scoring an offensive touchdown since 1992 Oof. talk about digging a stat up no i like it though uh <laughs> And that's that's why I like the I, dude. I'm telling you, it all comes back, and we both and I think me and you are very similar to that. It all comes back to the defense, man. I love good defenses, and Washington has a good young defense. So not only are they really good, they're really exciting to watch fly around. Like if you yeah. watch them, they're just like, man, they're everywhere, and that that D line is everywhere. They're they make exciting plays. So I, I would love to see them, you know, make some noise. And I thought it was a fantastic win over the 49ers and I watched some of the game and again defensively they just played out of their minds yeah good win uh the final on that Bill Steelers game by the way 26-15 uh Chargers finally get a win and it was funny I was looking at this chase and I was thinking every single week the Chargers are favored to win these <laughs> games and they never do but they finally pulled away uh Justin Herbert gets the W 243 yards passing two touchdowns Chargers on top of the Falcons, twenty to seventeen. Yeah, if the uh, if the Chargers are going to beat a team that they're favored by right now, it's going to be the Falcons. <laughs> Falcons <laughs> just seem to give away games at this point, and it's crazy. Falcons um, have actually played fairly decent since uh, Raheem Morris, former Bucks coach, now is their interim, and uh, their point differential is actually quite good, and it's actually better than the Cleveland Browns, by the way. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah they're sitting there, what, 4-9, something like that. I think they're 4-9. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, listen, I love the Falcons. Every year I'm like, wow, this team's stacked. You know, they got two of the best receivers in the game. Uh, Matt, I'm a huge Matty Ice fan. Uh, but year in, year out. And their defense, you know, on paper every year looks like it should be good. And, uh, man, that just it doesn't happen. never happens. Well, I, I guess it happened a few years ago, but uh, – <laughs> but then it didn't. <laughs> but no, it was. Uh, I, I didn't catch much of that game. But uh, huge ups to Justin Herbert. Love what he's doing. He's uh, he's gonna have a good career. We mentioned the Saints and why we don't have much confidence in them. So the Saints fall to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty cool to see Hurts get in there. A lot of people were questioning that pick in the second round. He looks like a better fit for that offense at this current moment than Carson Wentz does. I completely agree with you. I think it was time to get a new face in there, mix things up. You know what I mean? Carson Wentz just I listen, I have a like Carson Wentz looked unbelievably talented in years past. Like yeah. unbelievably talented. Um and this year just wasn't working. And it, you know, I don't know if it was on him or who it was on. Uh, I think the coaching staff could take a lot of that or should take a lot of it. I don't think they are and that's a problem. Yeah. Um but no, I think Jalen Hart it was good to get Hurts in there. Uh, he played well enough to get the win, I would say. You know, didn't didn't throw a pick, 
hold on to the ball. So um, I think he might have fumbled one, but uh, I listen. I was I was happy to see it. It was like one of those ones that, and I think that was someone's bold prediction, by the way. I think in the chat you mentioned Jordan Morandini's. Shout out Jordan Morandini. But uh, <laughs> no, fun game. Good for Jalen Hurts, man. Uh, getting a huge win, you know, big time win at home. Big time win, and so now the Saints fall out of the one seed. The Packers now are in pole position to get that uh, first round bye. And I have to say, I like the Packers more than I like the Saints at this point, especially if they get to play at home at Lambeau, too. I completely agree. Right now, Aaron Rodgers looks like that dude. And the reason is, is, his receiving core is, is filthy, and Devontae Adams is near impossible to guard one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. um, Packers on and, top of the Lions, 31-24, yeah. by the way. Yep, and again, like one of those games where you just, what I just said, you saw it come into fruition. I mean, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. It was it was the showtime, man. Like, <laughs> I think the first play of the game, not, I don't know, okay, I'm not going to say that, but it was early, <laughs> it was early on early that Rodgers yeah. found Devontae Adams, and he just made it happen. I was like, oh, like, great. I'm playing against him in two fantasy leagues, and he just ripped the 70 yard touchdown. <laughs> so it was, uh, no, they, they look scary right now. They're a tough team. I think defense will be their, their struggle throughout the playoffs. Um, I think their offense is good enough to make it happen, but I think if they make it to the big one, <laughs> their defense may get exposed. <laughs> well, I have to say on the other side of things, can we finally release Matthew Stafford from this sentence in Detroit? I mean, 12 years for this losing organization. I really think, I mean, he's still, I mean, he's in his early to mid 30s. He's still got a few good years left in him. I would love to see Matt Stafford on the Colts next year or a situation like that. And I mean, really, I think a lot of people, if this guy was playing on a different organization, let's say he was playing for Pete Carroll in Seattle. He'd be we the way we talk about Russell Wilson. He'd be that guy. I I, I could not. I'm not going to disagree with you because he is electric. He's a he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league for his pure grit and toughness. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can look up Matthew Stafford like toughness on YouTube and find out some cool videos. I'm sure. Um, but seen, and like just from watching those and watching him play, he's got fen- phenomenal arm, like crazy good arm. Yeah. And yeah, I would love to see him play for a, a team like that. You know the. Or the Rams, or just an offense that gets going, you know, that yeah. has momentum, that can build momentum. It's not just like a man. The, the Lions' offense is so just boring to me, man. Well, it's not I even don't... just that. It's like having a good coach, having yeah. a, a good GM, a good organization. That's, that's where it stems. Yeah, and it's like the problem is the Lions drafted a quarterback who I don't know if he. I don't want to call him a Hall of Fame quarterback, but maybe if he's on a different team, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He still could make the Hall of Fame. He's had a great career. He's been 4,000 yards pretty much every single year. But you get a Hall of Fame type uh, caliber quarterback and you still can't turn the corner with the, and win a playoff game. That is not on Matthew Stafford. That is on the Detroit Lions organization. They're in a they're at a crossroads right now. They're picking a new GM. They're probably going to be picking a new coach. They have an interim coach in there. Uh, get Matthew Stafford on the Indianapolis Colts next year. I would love to see Matthew Stafford just in a different uniform. Hopefully on a team that can make some noise. But you're, I I hundred percent right. I agree with you. No flack should come on 
Matthew Stafford for his career. He's had a really, really good career, and it's just been unfortunate that he hasn't had the pieces around him, whether coaching staff or weapons, to get the job done. Um, I, and I thought he's always he's always consistently battled with what he has, and and like battled, like put up, like you said, consistently over four thousand uh, yards season. Just what a guy, man! Yeah. What a freaking what a freaking guy! He hasn't complained at all. He plays through every injury. He was playing through a broken back a couple years back. It's just like. He's unbelievable. He's been one of the great underrated quarterbacks of the era. In an era dominated by a lot of really great passers, we're at an all-time high in terms of how good these quarterbacks are. He's been a guy that's just been overlooked for too long. But the Indianapolis Colts, the team that I would like to see him on next year, they're still winning 9-4. and four. The Raiders suffer another bad loss, 44-27. Uh, they fall to 7-6. and six. Yeah, the Raiders are only in contention because the Jets handed them a free game. Um, <laughs> and you can't convince me that that wasn't handed. Um, but anyways, the Colts, like I said, I think they're the hot, one of the hottest teams in football right now. They look so good. And I don't even think a lot. Like, I don't think Phillip Rivers looks phenomenal. <laughs> and I think if people probably agree with me. I, I don't think he looks good. Like, yeah, I agree. that team just, they're good all around. You know what I mean? Jonathan Taylor got the running game going uh, last weekend against the Raiders, and he's been good as of late since he came back. Um, T.Y. Hilton is starting to find his stride. Um, the, and their their defense, they have a a good. I'm not gonna say they're great, but they have a good defense. Like they have like stars on their team on on their defensive side of the ball uh, that can make plays. So overall, they're a good team. Uh, they're not a team. Just the only reason they scare me right now is because they're so hot. Yeah. You know, if they lose if two out of their next, you know, two out of their next, what, three, and f- still find their way in the playoffs and we play them, I'm not going to be afraid of them. I think we we cause so much chaos on, on the defense side of the ball. Phillip Rivers makes mistakes. Uh, and I, I, if they continue to stay hot, they can make some noise. Um, but I don't – I really don't see them doing too much in the playoffs. But, you know, props to them. They're playing better than I thought they would. Also in that division, Titans on top of the Jaguars, 31-10. Crummy game there, nothing really to say about that one. Another crummy game, Chicago Bears. Oh my goodness, they can't even tank properly, Chase. They're in a (laughs) no-man's land right now. My family, I'm the the only one that is not feeling the pain that they are. I feel kind of guilty, but uh, my whole family shifted their tone over the past week of which quarterback do we like the most out of these uh, next batch that we're talking about for the NFL draft in 2021. Uh, But they win this game against the Texans, and that's probably going to cost them somewhere between five and eight spots in the draft. Yep, and they looked good against the Texans. That's the thing. They looked really good. Offense got moving, uh, and given the Texans' defense is nothing to write home about. But um, no, the Bears look good, and it's it's just unfortunate. From a, a I've been there, the Bills with the Bills, where it's like, well, I wouldn't mind if we lost the next four, you know, for draft <laughs> pick uh, perspective, but. I don't know. It's you know they're fighting. They they don't want to lose, I guess. Uh, obviously, but it does. It hurts the the picks. So we'll see what happens in the weeks to come. But uh, my hearts are out to all the fans, your family, and, and whatnot <laughs> of the Chicago Bears. A uh, few other 
games that no one cares about. Cowboys on top of the Bengals, 30-7. to That really only has draft implications at this point. The Cardinals get back on track. They had slid a little bit after the Hale-Murray play. 26-7 over the Giants, and that is significant because the Giants are now a game out of the Redskins. NFC East starting to heat up a little bit, Chase. Yeah, NFC East is electric. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought at the beginning of the season we were talking about NFC East being electric? But no, I think there's a lot of hot teams right now that are, you know, while the record doesn't show it, they're playing good football, and it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch down the stretch, and and it's gonna be fun to watch that team that comes in with, you know, either a mediocre record to see if they can make some noise. I'm excited for it. I really am. The uh, last game that no one watched, <laughs> the Denver Broncos, 32-27 over the Panthers. Drew Locke throws four touchdown passes. Okay, Chase, there were really only two games that I had my eye on earlier in the day. That was the Vikings and the Bucks, and the Chiefs and the Dolphins. The Vikings, uh, this is a tough loss for Kirk and his team. I have to say... This is the same thing every single week with the Vikings. Kirk and their offense is far greater in the second half. And I think it's partly that they're just not aggressive enough in the first half of the game. They're, they're too passive offensively. But also, Dan Bailey had himself an all-time bad day. I mean, mm-hmm. he missed three, all three of his field goal attempts and a point after attempt, So which he... So he's technically 0 for 4 on the day, cost him 10 points. I hate seeing games when a kicker has that much of a swing in the game, and uh, that's what ended up happening. But, hey, Bucks get the win. That's important for them to get back on track. But this one definitely stings for the Vikings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were, they're they right there. I think they were, what, 6-6 six and six before this game. Yeah. It's a tough one to lose, and... And three field goals and a PAT. It's it's tough. You got to feel for them. You got to feel for the team because I've you know I remember last year the Titans against the Bills they lost and their <laughs> kicker missed three. Obviously I was happy, but no, it's just tough. Tough to lose a game like that. You know when, but I mean, like you said, I think Kirk Cousins they need to take more shots, man. Kirk yeah. Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a very good deep ball passer in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and they need to take some more shots. And because their run game is so strong with Dalvin Cook, like work off the play action. I know they do. I do know they do. But I think they, like you said, I think they could be a little more aggressive early on. Like start pulling up points. You know what I mean? Like be that team that tries to put up, you know, yeah. thirty a game. But tough one for them. Uh, I'll see what happens down the stretch for them. But really, really rough loss for them. Yeah, I don't understand it because when Kirk plays well, it seems like no one ever really gives him any props for it. Um, A lot of people seem like they've made up their mind on Kirk Cousins. And it sometimes feels like Coach Zimmer has too, that he is playing a little too passive and thinking, okay, don't mess up, Kirk, don't mess up. He's The only way he's going to mess up is when you don't let him do anything, really. Let him take some shots. Let him get exciting. The Vikings have the potential to be an exciting offense. And, uh, yeah, I'm totally with you, Chase. Go for it a little bit. That's how they won that game in New Orleans last year in the playoffs. Finally, probably the best game of the, at least during the day, probably best of the weekend, Chiefs beating out the Miami Dolphins. I think this Dolphins team is dang good, Chase. And 
they made this game, if it weren't for a safety, if it weren't for a couple of just bad breaks, they really would have won this game. And this is where I look at a game like this one, Chase, and we talk about AFC hierarchy, where teams stand going into the playoffs. This could be that little sneak preview the Dolphins get of the Chiefs. And if this is a matchup that you see early in the playoffs, it could be a little bit, just a little bit, like when the Giants in 2000, 2007, they got that sneak preview of the Patriots in Week 17, played them very close, didn't win that one, but they did win in the Super Bowl. Yeah, being from New York... I remember the Giants fans were absolutely crazy during that time. <laughs> and what a game, you know what I mean? But no, I, I completely agree. Listen, it's hard to beat a team once. It's, it's even harder to beat them twice. And uh, yeah. it's even harder to beat them three times. And so for my sake, for the, having them in the AFC East, we play. We still play them a second time coming up here shortly in a few weeks, uh, in two weeks. But no, I'm scared of the Dolphins, man. Like I thought we were going to run away with this division. <laughs> here come the Dolphins, you know, winning. <laughs> man, they're so hot. And their defense is phenomenal. And that's what I'm so excited because, yes, the Kansas City Chiefs put up 33 points. But, like, you saw that they, they can be stopped. You know, they're prone to mistakes. I think or, uh, Mahomes threw three picks in that game. And the Miami Dolphins' defense is for real. Like, for real. And I don't think their offense had the best game. So, like, imagine a team that can do that defensively to them and also put up points. Like, oof. And then, you know, obviously, I'm thinking that's what the Bills are going to do. But it's it's uh, listen, Dolphins are good. It's fun to see them be good. It's also scary for me as a Bills fan. But I'm excited to see if they can make some noise in the And I would love to see, you know, the Dolphins get through with a, a wild card game and end up playing the Chiefs and <sighs> Chief Dolphins just taking them out right <laughs> then and there. That'd be so fun to see. Yeah. Are you where are you at on Tua, real quick? I think okay. So I think he's a good. He can control the game very well, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to be a guy that turns the ball over a lot. I don't think he's going to be a guy that puts up... Um, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to be a guy that puts up, you know, Rodgers and Mahomes numbers. I think he's a good he's a right. good quarterback, and he's going to make good plays, but he's going to make smart plays, in my opinion. I don't think he's... I, I personally don't think he's going to ever light it up, like, just be like, wow. But he'll make... You know good- who he reminds me of, Chase? Who? Mariota. Okay, I see. I do see that. I think he's better than Mariota, though. I think so, too. Okay. But, okay. I mean, like, the little bit of the injury bug sometimes, and, yeah, I think he... I can see I, that. Maybe he's a better version of Mariota. That is a, a very good uh, analogy there. I can totally see that. Hey, y'all. Jack here. Chase is no longer with me. In fact, as we were recording the college football segment of the podcast, we came to a conclusion that we were just going to have to break this episode up into two separate episodes. So we we didn't go into this episode expecting to go as long, but we ended up recording for just over two hours. But we couldn't. We made this decision. We were an hour in, and I know a lot of y'all don't listen to podcasts that are longer than an hour, hour and a half, and we were going to have so much good college football content, I didn't want that to be overlooked. In fact, I also know some people, maybe they want to go a little deeper on the college stuff than the NFL stuff, or vice versa. 
Anywho, we made the decision on the fly. Let's break this episode up into two separate parts. So that right there, what you just listened to, that was the end of part one with Chase. We had a great time discussing NFL and Christmas movies and the COVID update. And I hope you all enjoyed that. We will be back later this week. And I think it's actually going to work out because this college football segment is about an hour long, and I'll release that in about a day or so. So I'll give you a chance to digest this content and then move on to the next episode that I have coming out. The college football thing, we really go deep on this playoff scenario. What's going to happen this coming weekend? We did talk a little bit about what happened in the past weekend, but we spent a greater amount of emphasis previewing conference championship weekend we also talked about an eight-team playoff format that I came up with myself maybe some of y'all saw that on Twitter but I wrote out here's a situation if we had an eight-team playoff this is what I would love to see so if you're interested in that if you're interested in hearing about what quarterbacks we like the most going into these playoffs and you know really the end here with the bowl games and everything coming up It's going to be a great opportunity to take a look at some pro talent. There are a lot of makeup games this weekend from games that had gotten postponed earlier in the season due to COVID. So I'm expecting this to be a fantastic college football weekend. We really went and covered college football from a lot of different angles. I think you'll really enjoy it. If you don't want to miss out on part two of the BB podcast, make sure you're subscribed to the Jack Vita show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, you're not going to want to miss out. If you're subscribed, you'll be among the first people to get the episode when it becomes available. In fact, if you don't know how Apple Podcasts works, it delivers the episode to all the subscribers hours before it shows up in the podcast feed. So lots of good reasons to subscribe. You won't miss out on any episodes. Later in the week, we'll see how things go. I mean, keep in mind, I am still recovering from COVID and my energy. I mean, as I tape this right now, it's a day later and I'm definitely feeling the impact and the effects of going back to work and doing a two hour podcast yesterday. But maybe we'll see. I might have a shortened episode, one man show later in the week where I can run through my picks for the weekend, give you my jack pack of picks. We'll see about that. But again, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on that. Guys, vote in the Christmas movie bracket tournament. You're not going to want to miss out on that. At Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. You can vote on all three of those platforms so you can vote three times in each round. Elite Eight coming out this week. Lots of great stuff. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following along. Until part two, I am Jack Vita, bringing the dance lobsters. <laughs>